morning, everyone. Morning. Uh, I just want to appreciate again Tak and Orla for their uh, testimony, for their words. And for me, it's always so inspiring to hear what God does uh, in people's lives and just hear the personal stories coming from their hearts. And for me, it's also the beauty of being church as a community. Um, think about the story they had to share. Think about the opportunity to sit down uh, at the breakfast table before the service and ask the people the same question. Where you come from? What brought you to Portugal? Um, uh, why are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Why does Jesus Christ matter? Um, after church, stay for lunch. <laughs> And meet someone else, sit with someone else, and, and, and ask them the same questions. And it's just the beauty of community, the beauty of diversity. And I believe that's, that's such a powerful way for us to grow together. Thank you again, Tak and Orla. And um, whoever feels has a testimony and would like to share uh, to the church, also feel free to, uh, to come to the pastors or to the elders and say, I would like to, to, to give my testimony to the church one of the Sundays, and we will create that opportunity. Um, today we are um, starting a new series, as Christmas is just around the corner, um, but I want to start with a, not a million dollar question, but we promise you 10 free pancakes next breakfast if you will get this right, okay? Who shouts, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to, do to those with whom God is pleased? The angels, okay. <laughs> that, was a fast, uh, that was a fast answer. Um, it, didn't, it was not really a fun uh, thing, but uh, okay, so welcome team. There's a lot of uh, free pancakes to give next Sunday. I was expecting, I don't know, because uh, sometimes we might hear the, the, a different translation uh, on this one, but it is a shout that, yeah, many of us know. We have that verse there. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. This is probably one of the most known sentences uh, of Christmas. And in fact, it was something amazing that happened. To a, a few bunch of shepherds, they saw angels coming with all their glory. And they shout these words as they announce the birth of Jesus Christ. And throughout the ages, this shout, this moment of worship has been sang and has been preached uh, throughout generations and throughout churches. And this, was, this shout was what motivated us um, to do this series during this time of Christmas. And the series name is called Peace on Earth. Because this is what the angels shout. May there be peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So we want to um, dive deep and understand what does this peace on earth means. From all the things that the angels could have shout, why do they decide to shout peace on earth? Christmas, like I said, is just around the corners. Uh, I love to walk on the street and see all the fairy lights. Uh, the malls are filled with people. The church are uh, lighting the candles and starting their Advent season. Uh, people are starting erecting their uh, Christmas trees at, at home. And, and this sense of, uh, of peace is something that is usually um, talked, not just in the church, but you, you see being, uh, you see being sang in, in many other songs. 
world leaders in their speeches in the in the church uh, in the in the TV usually during this time they 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 call out for peace between nations, peace between people. So there's a, there's a sense of of peace that uh, almost comes naturally or culturally uh, during this time. But how can there be peace on earth when you um, open the TV and you just see the news around? The refugee crisis every day. Poverty, extreme poverty. Human trafficking. How can, how can there be peace on earth when, when you see daily this, uh, this news, the COVID, the COVID is to stay. How can there be peace? And what can we do when these problems actually feel so massive? And sometimes because they are so big, we probably even don't want to think much about it just because of the discomfort of it and even the sense of I cannot do anything about it. They, they are like worldwide. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a world problem. What can I do about it? Jesus invites us in one of his most famous sermons because the theme of peace also goes from cover to cover in the Bible. And Jesus says this, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. The message translation reads, you are blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Children of God, they work for peace on earth. Children of God, they don't compete or fight, but they all cooperate with one another. So while these problems may seem so massive, we have a call from Jesus. Be like children of God. Work for this peace on earth. So I pray that um, as I start this message, and I start this message series, I pray that we will understand that peace on earth starts with each one of us. I pray that we will better understand how we can bring peace through reconciliation with others. And I pray that we will learn this morning how the gospel of Jesus Christ will transform us into peacemakers. And that's actually the sub-theme that I want to bring today. We the peacemakers. Are you on board with me? Can we go ahead? Thank you. <laughs> so let's start with definitions. That's always a good way uh, to start. What is the meaning of peace? Um, sometimes for me, even when I thought about it, sometimes even the word peace, it's so common that it's, it's so common that sometimes it's even hard to describe what does peace actually mean. Uh, maybe the first thing that comes to our mind is like a, um, an, an emotional state. That I'm at peace, right? But what does it really mean? And, and I, was, I was amazed to discover that the word peace uh, comes from the Hebrew word that we probably also uh, heard, shalom, right? It means something that is complete or whole. It refers to something that is complex full of um, something that is made with a lot of pieces that is in the state of completeness. 
for example, a person's well-being. Life is complex. Life is full of relationships and situations. And when any of these things is out of alignment or missing, the person's shalom or the person's peace breaks down. Life is no longer whole and it needs to be restored. So for someone to bring the shalom or the peace to someone else means to make it complete, makes it to restore. So for human relationships, you can put the next slide, to reconcile and heal a broken relationship is to bring the shalom, is to bring the peace. So peace, it doesn't mean just stop fighting. It, just, it doesn't mean just avoid fighting, stop. But it means to working together for each other's benefit. And stay with this definition in mind. Something that wants, we want it to be complete, something that wants to be restored. That's the true meaning of peace. And that's why we wish peace to one another. So as we go on the Christmas stories, I would like to give two examples of people who were peacemakers, who brought shalom to someone else. Um, and we'll find these stories um, in, in, in the beginning of either book of, the, of Matthew or the book of Luke as they describe um, the, this time of Christmas. And the first person uh, was Joseph. So maybe most of us have heard of Joseph, um, the husband of Mary. And Mary uh, was, um, by a miracle, Mary was, found herself pregnant before having any relationship, uh, sexual relationship with Joseph. While they, were, while they were still engaged, an angel appeared to Mary and gave her a promise and said the, the Holy Spirit will work a miracle on her and she would be pregnant. She believed in what the angel said. And at a certain point, she had to share with uh, her fiancé, Joseph, that she was pregnant. What do you think it crossed Joseph's mind? <laughs> well, I think the only option he had from a human point of view was Mary, she had sexual relationships with someone else. Um, she being um, pregnant um, has a miracle of the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that was quite hard to believe. But the Bible tells us that while Joseph, and most probably Joseph, thought that the only possible reason was that Mary broke uh, their vows and had sexual relationship with someone, the Bible tells us that Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. Or in other translation says, because he was just and because he did not want to disgrace her publicly, he decided to break this engagement quietly. So how was Joseph a peacemaker? How did he brought shalom to Mary? Joseph had all the right, according to the law, to put Mary to shame, to put her on the spot, to accuse her of her sin, of breaking her vows, and that by law, he had all the right to do so. And even by the law of that time, 
she could be stoned to death by breaking the vows. But Joseph decided to go beyond the ethnical expectations of the law, go beyond the retributive justice that the law could require, and he went to a higher definition of justice. He had compassion for Mary. He had compassion for this young girl who was weak, exhausted, and facing something that she herself could not properly explain into words. Joseph was a peacemaker, and he decided to leave quietly so that she could not be put to shame. Thankful we know the story. <laughs> and before he did so, an angel also appeared to Joseph and explained to him what actually happened. Joseph, be at peace. This is what happened. And Joseph believed, and they continued together. Later on, the emperor of the Roman Empire decided to make a census all around this empire to know <laughs> how many people we were taking care of. And because of this census, the strategy was that the people had to go back to their ancient town. And that's, that's where we have uh, the reason why Mary and Joseph have to travel to the town of Bethlehem because it was the town of King David, which was an ancestor of Joseph. So Joseph have to go, had to go to his ancestor's uh, hometown. And the Bible also describes this in Luke chapter 2. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth, there, the town where they were living in Galilee. So he took with him Mary, his fiance, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. So now this um, couple who is not yet officially married, Bible says her fiance, they now travel to the town of Bethlehem. And the Bible also says Mary was obviously pregnant as they arrived, and they were not yet married. So again, what could have crossed the minds of the people in Bethlehem? Either Mary had sexual relationship with someone else, <laughs> or maybe if they are still together, they had sexual relationship before the marriage. They both broke the vows. So by law, this was shocking news to the community. So by law, now the couple could be as well put to shame because they were breaking the law. And again, the fact that now they both were justifying that Mary was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit was also probably not something that everyone in the town would actually believe. But the fact is that she was obviously pregnant. And they have just traveled what would be a mile of roughly 100 kilometers down. Uh, travel that would have taken them uh, a week to 10 days. And they were exhausted and helpless trying to find lodging in Bethlehem, a town they barely knew. So how were the people of Bethlehem peacemakers to them? Contrary to what we hear uh, on the traditional stories of Christmas... It did not happen that they arrived at midnight uh, and they were just trying to find a room and no one was opening the doors to them and the only place they found was a cave 
carved with some animals and they just went there in the brink of Mary had the baby. That's, that's not what the Bible tells us. Look at the detail in the end of the verse. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. This tells us that they probably had arrived in Bethlehem already a few days ago, maybe weeks ago. What just happened is that they did not find any lodging because like them, maybe many other people, many other travelers had to come to Bethlehem. And by the time they arrived, there was no lodging available for travelers. But they were received in the town. They stayed for that a few days. And eventually, we know that they were hosted by some peasants, by some local shepherd, that the best he or her, this family had to give was um, a space in the room while, where they would keep their animals at night to keep them warm. But they hosted Joseph and Mary, knowing that they were a couple Believing or not, she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But this was a couple that was exhausted from the travel, alone, helpless in the new town. Maybe he respected that Joseph was also from the lineage of David. So little did these peasants knew that by being peacemakers, they were hosting the Prince of Peace. And after a few days, Jesus was born in a peasant's home, hosted by a peacemaker that decided to have compassion for them. I am amazed to think of, of such stories in the Bible, and I think they bring so much, um, they, they bring so much to the Christmas story as, as we look at it. How God used these people, how God was working in the details and, and using simple people to be peacemakers, to bring um, to, to, to cooperate in someone's life, to restore someone, something that needed to be restored in someone's life. So the question is now uh, for us as well. How can we be peacemakers? How can we be transformed? How can we be inspired um, to be peacemakers, not just during Christmas, but as a lifestyle? How can we bring shalom to the people around us? And I believe that it all starts when we understand and when we receive the gift of salvation that Jesus has to give to us. The gift of reconciliation with the Father, which is all that the gospel is about, as Leanne shared last week. So we will dive deep into a very dense passage in Ephesians, okay? Um, Later at home, please read it again uh, with, uh, at your own time. Because this is a passage that is, again, very dense. And I'll just try my best to highlight a few nuggets here and there. So that we can understand how does the gospel of Jesus Christ, meaning what it means, how does it help us to be peacemakers. So the, this passage is found is in, in Ephesians chapter 2. And Paul here is writing a letter to the church of Ephesus. Uh, which is a town in now more than Turkey, a town, a very big town, a major town in the Roman Empire, located very strategically in the center of, of the empire. And, and as the church was growing there, one of the first challenges was to deal with the fact that this church had a few Jews that were now uh, uh, Christians, but a majority of non-Jews 
or Gentiles. And now both of them are sitting together with all their cultural differences, with all the different stories, with one faith, with one um, walking towards Jesus, but they are dealing with these ethnic problems that could arrive in this church. And that's why Paul addresses the church uh, with the letter of Ephesus and, and trying to reconcile these uh, two ethnicities that now were sitting together in the same place. Paul says this. You can put, please, thanks. Remember that at that time before, you, so now Paul is addressing the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Remember that before, you were separated from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel, and you were foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Remember that before you had nothing to do with these Jews that are sitting now next to you, not only geographically, culturally. You, you didn't even know what was this one God thing. You worshipped many other gods and other things. But remember that every, you were separated from these things. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once far away, now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he, Jesus, he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. And he has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. He came and preached peace to you who were far away. And he came and preached peace to you who were near. He preached peace to Jews and to Gentiles. Jesus preached peace. For through him, now, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Let's break it down. Jesus came and Jesus preached about peace to everyone. Verse 17 Next slide is highlighted there. Yes. He came and preached peace to everyone. This is one of the missions of Jesus. A message of restoration, of reconciliation. Jesus came so that through his words to everyone, no matter if he was speaking with Jews, with Greeks, with whoever, he was bringing a peace of reconciliation to everyone. But Jesus did not just came to bring a nice message of peace. But Jesus went further than his own words. And with his own life, verse 13, now in Christ, you who were far away, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. With his own life, Jesus offered himself to be nailed on the cross, to be put to shame, so that everyone could be reconciled, could be made whole with God. Jesus died to bring the shalom, to bring the peace for, and the opportunity of peace to everyone with God. So Paul continues this then on verse 14. So now he himself is our peace. He who has made the two groups one, he and has destroyed any barrier and the dividing wall of hostility. 
whatever barrier there was with God because of our sin, because of the way we want to live our life separated from God, whatever things in our life that were wrong or broken and needed to be restored, Jesus came to preach that peace and he died so that we could be reconciled with God. And now we all belong to one family. So this is was this was how Paul in in his um, um, in his eloquence tried to bring this um, cross cultural church together. So basically, he was saying, "I want you all to be peacemakers with one another in this church of Ephesus." So for you to be peacemakers, verse fifteen, Josh, he he goes and says his purpose. Jesus' purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, making everything complete, whole, making peace. So Paul was saying, through Jesus and through the cross, he united all ethnicities. And more, last verse, for through him, Jesus, we all have both access to the Father by one spirit. In other words, Jesus who wanted to unite all these ethnicities, now he calls this new community the church. You are the church. You are um, the bride of Christ. And you are to be peacemakers with one another. And I don't want to hear any more whatever differences you have between your ethnicities, because Christ came to preach unity, and Christ died for that unity so that we could all be one family. This is how, this is how Paul was trying to address the, the, the challenge that was happening in that church and trying to bring all of these people together. But in a to a different church in Galatians, Paul writes something that for me is an expanded uh, version of these verses, uh, verses. So besides the ethnic problem he had to deal about, the gospel of Jesus had also the purpose to bring peace in many other levels. So this is what Paul wrote in Galatians. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, you have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Gentile. There is no longer the Portuguese or the Brazilian. There is no longer the white South African or the black South African. There is no longer slave or free man. There is no longer uh, a millionaire seated beside a homeless guy. There is no longer male and female. There's no longer the, the gender differences and, and, and the rights that they may have uh, or the difference with all one another. But you are all one in Jesus Christ. There's no more issues. There should not be more issues of ethnicity, of social status, or of gender. Because all of you who embrace Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have all been clothed with that same message, with that same person of Jesus, and we should all be one. Be peacemakers. Complete one another. Be a church that works for peace with one another. 
this is a call for a church of Christ that wants to be firm, strong, complete. And consequently, like Jodai said, the church is not just to be at peace and um, complete inside these four walls, but this church is to extend that message and bring that shalom, bring that peace to the world around. The church is called to care for the world around us and to bring that message of reconciliation that by being at the church hopefully means that you accepted that message and you now you want to extend that message to the people around you. So I propose three action challenges, three action steps for this Christmas season. May they inspire you to uh, bring peace to someone else through these steps or may they inspire you to do other things. But this is um, a suggestion that I have for us to be um, doers more than hearers of the word. Three action steps for us to bring peace to the world around us. Let's fight for justice, beginning on our knees. Let's start with prayer. During the following week or this following month, being this special month, let's pray for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted and maybe we don't have the opportunity to get together and to enjoy Christmas season as we have. Let's pray for them. And let's pray for um, either those Christians or even the people outside of church, people that are displaced from home during this time as well. Let's fight for justice as we pray to our God, as we think of someone, and maybe there's already someone in your mind, uh, a, a personal uh, contact or relationship or an idea, but let's make this week or this month a time of prayer for our brothers and sisters that are persecuted or even for those who are not able to be at home and with their families. Second action step. Let's now um, speak up. And let's speak up for the oppressed. Let's speak up for those that are in need. So consider uh, being involved or start being involved in the outreach ministry. Um, this church here has a clear vision with the Lisbon Project to help and support migrants and refugees here in Lisbon. So you might consider um, joining us and, and participate with your talents. Or as, as, as we've getting to know more Leanne and her ministry, consider participating in, in abolition as they, they, they work and fight against human trafficking. Or let's consider working with Agape, volunteer in a, in a ministry that works with, with university, with students. Let's consider work with Serve the City, if you've heard about, that cares for homeless and for people, um, particularly here in Lisbon as well. Or let's consider um, uh, volunteer at the food bank. Let's do something practical and let's speak up for those who are oppressed or for those who have not as much as we have. Third, let's give generously to those who are in need. So think of a way how you and your family could support an individual or another family now during this time of Christmas as well. Consider inviting them to your home, perhaps, during this month or maybe at, at Christmas Day, 
or if you're planning even to join here on Christmas Eve, make your own mission to bring someone alongside you so that that person does, doesn't spend his time alone. And don't forget to inform Dina about it so we have food for everyone. Yeah? But consider this. Or consider perhaps help decorating someone's home that probably doesn't have the means to afford um, the Christmas tree or the lights or something special. And consider helping that person if, it comes, uh, if someone is coming to your mind. But this is just a way that um, three simple action steps that will probably um, just help us or boost us to, to bring this peace to be peacemakers to the people around us. So as I conclude, peace on earth, God's plan for humanity. As we saw in the beginning of this message, the worship of these angels was something truly amazing that these shepherds were able to testify and was written down for us. What these angels said was actually a fulfillment of a prophecy we found in Isaiah 9 which then became one of the most uh, known scriptures of this season as well. You want to see? <laughs> For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he, this child, this son, he, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace is coming. His government and its peace will never end. This 700-year-old prophecy pointed to this Messiah. Isaiah was looking forward to a future king, a prince of shalom, a prince of peace. And he was saying that his reign would have no end. In other words, a time was coming when God would make a covenant of peace with his people and make right all wrongs and heal all that has been broken. And this is why Jesus' birth was announced by the angels as the arrival of peace. Jesus was coming to bring this reconciliation. Jesus was coming to bring, to do right everything that was wrong. And Jesus, indeed, in his ministry, he offered peace to the others. He said to, the, to his followers, my peace I give to you all. My burden is light, among many other things that Jesus said. And Jesus made peace between messed up humans and God when he died and rose from the death. In other words, Jesus restored to wholeness the broken relationship between humans and their creators. And this is why the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 called Jesus our peace. So this means as well that we, as Jesus' followers, are then also called to create peace. And this requires tons of humility and patience this requires bearing with one another, right? But being peacemakers means participating in the life of Jesus. So peace takes a lot of work because it is not just the absence of conflict. It's just not stepping away from the problem 
or it's just not it's just not the sensation of things are all right but true peace requires taking what is broken or what is broken and restoring it to wholeness whether it is in our lives whether it is in our relationships or in the world around us being a peacemaker is sharing your peace so my question is have you found yours in jesus christ the prince of peace Thank you.